0: church, especially if you have been gone for uh, some time. Uh, I'm going to welcome everybody who's worshiping with us online, and if you can hear me online, welcome. Glad you're worshiping with us, and it's a delight to have everybody uh, joining us virtually if you can't be here in person. We're delighted for everybody who's joining us online, and I would invite you, if you are worshiping online, to download the bulletin that you'll find there on the uh, webpage. It says, Download PDF. And you can find the bulletin there and you can join us online and you can um, follow along with the worship service and follow along with what we're doing here as we worship in here in our makeshift sanctuary. You can worship at home and join us in all the elements of worship if you download the bulletin with us. If you are worshiping with us online, please do sign the online friendship pad, sign that and let us know of your attendance with us if you're worshiping virtually. It's always great to see Who's worshiping with us online? And we pray for you folks, and we know that you're with with us uh, in spirit, if not in presence. And that we're certainly delighted for everybody who worships with us online. Please do sign the online friendship pad. A reminder about a very fun event this afternoon at four o'clock. It's our final youth group, and it will be a very special one. There's going to be lots of uh, there's going to be great food. Um, great games. It's going to be, I I hear, just an absolute smash, a wonderful time. So please do come this afternoon. Can you imagine better weather to gather here for our final youth group uh, this afternoon, four o'clock? And that would then lead us into the evening worship service, which is going to be outside this afternoon. Please come at uh, six o'clock in the Arthur Road parking lot, and it's going to be great. You may remember we had these Outdoor concerts uh, last uh, last spring, last fall, and they were amazing events, and they were so much fun. And uh, it's going to be great again this afternoon at six o'clock. I have been watching the weather app diligently, uh, hour by hour, for the last two weeks, trying to make sure, uh, hoping that it would be really good weather. And it is going to be sensational. According to my app, it's going to be seventy three degrees and sunny at six o'clock tonight. So. Bring a lawn chair, uh, bring, a, bring a meal if you want to, bring a lawn chair and come experience our, our evening worship leaders. And if you're wondering about what that music may be like, let me tell you, we're going to sing Holy, 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 and we're going to sing some of our favorite traditional hymns. We're going to sing some new things as well, and it's going to be mainly a music service as we gather outside tonight at six. So please come to that this evening. There are so many other announcements that are here in your uh, worship bulletin. You'll see things about VBS, about registration and about supplies, all kinds of things going on in the life of our church that are here in your announcements and in your pages there. So please do uh, see this, follow along, and find your place where you can join in in the life of GPC. Those are all of our announcements, and now let us prepare ourselves to worship God.
1: This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Please stand and join me in our call to worship. Praise the Lord. Praise God in his sanctuary. Praise him in his mighty firmament. Praise God for his mighty deeds. Praise him according to his surpassing greatness. Praise God with trumpet sound. Praise him with lute and harp. Praise Praise the Lord Lord with with tambourine tambourine and and dance. Dance. Praise Praise him him with strings strings and and pipe. pipe. Praise God with clanging cymbals. Praise him with loud clashing cymbals. Let everything everything that that breathes breathes, praise praise the the Lord. Praise Praise the the Lord. Our God is gracious and merciful through sin we have fallen short of God's expectations for us let us confess our sin together let us pray most holy God we confess our sin before you we have not been faithful to our call and discipleship we have not worshiped you with sincere and humble hearts We have a prideful streak a mile wide, and often our faith is an inch deep. We have disregarded your call to put our neighbors ahead of ourselves, and we do not forgive others as we have been forgiven. Have mercy on us, we pray. Please do not hold our sins against us. We ask for your mercy in the name of Jesus, who did worship you and love you in a perfect way. We pray in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. God has mercy on us through Jesus Christ. Through Christ's obedience and death, we have forgiveness. Through his resurrection, we have new life before God. Amen. grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. And as our children come forward, please greet those around you with a wave. Also, please remember everyone in our church family at home. Pray for them. Extend your love to them on this day. And please call your friends in Christ. Check on them and check on their Mm well-being.
2: Well, good morning, boys and girls. How are you today? Good. I'm glad to see you this morning. Um, It's been beautiful weather this morning, and I was outside in the garden, and I found a couple of things that we could kind of talk about this morning, and it'll help us to remember Jesus this week. So, I found this beautiful flower. Isn't it pretty? And I picked it, and I just thought it was so pretty, Um, and it's a beautiful rose, and lovely. And then right under it, I found this. What does it look like? Dead rose. Dead rose. What, said. <laughs> That's right. It It was on the ground. It had fallen off from the bush because it couldn't get any what when it fell off. It couldn't get what? It couldn't get the water and the nutrients it needed to live. So... That kind of reminded me of something that Jesus said. Jesus said, I am the vine and you are the branches. If you remain in me, you will have much fruit. But apart from me, you can do nothing. So that reminds me that when we are attached to Jesus and we spend time with him every week, he helps us to grow just like this pretty flower. And he helps us to have fruits that we can enjoy like what the, What is the fruit that we're studying in Sunday school this month? Can you remember? It's not apples and oranges, is it? No. Peace. Remember we're talking about peace. That is a fruit that Jesus gives us when we trust in him and when we live our life for him. So as you go out and about this week, um, help, remember to be close to Jesus, and he will give you fruits. He will give you everything you need so that you can have peace and other wonderful fruits in your life. Um, will you pray with me? Will you bow your heads, and will you pray after me? Dear God, we can't do it on our own. We need to stay connected to Jesus. Amen. Thank you.
3: Let us pray. God of all creation, send your Holy Spirit among us this day, that the seed of your word might take root in our hearts and bear the fruits of peace, love, and justice for all. Amen. Our first scripture reading this morning comes from the book of Psalms, chapter 23. Hear now these
0: Did you ever memorize those words as a child? I can imagine so you might have. I can imagine Jesus memorizing those words. It wouldn't have been known as the 23rd Psalm for him, but in this this great book of Psalms, I can imagine Jesus memorizing those words and then picking up on that shepherding concept. As he says these words in John chapter 10, again, to give another image, another idea of who he is, For all of his followers he says this in John chapter ten. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The hired hand, who is not the shepherd and does not lay does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and runs away. And the wolf snatches them and scatters them. The hired hand runs away because the hired hand does not care for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my own, and my own know me, just as the Father knows me, and I know the Father. And I lay down my life for the sheep. I have other sheep that do not belong to this fold. I must bring them also, and they will listen to my voice. So there will be one flock and one shepherd. For this reason, the Father loves me, because I lay down my life in order to take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have power to lay it down, and I have power to take it up again. I have received this command from my Father. Amen. This is the word of the Lord. In these weeks after Easter, we're in a new sermon series called Belong, Believe, and Bless. And those three B words, those words come from an effort to to distill down for all of us The essentials, the the core in three words of what it means to be a follower of Christ. To whom do you belong? We belong to God. We know to whom we belong. We have beliefs about ourselves and about our world on account of the resurrection. We believe now that there is hope. And, of course, we are called to bless. Called to bless the world through love and mercy and forgiveness and grace. Belong, believe, believe. Bless. Those three words describe who we are as followers of Christ. And so this morning I want to focus pretty heavily on that first word, on belong, as we delve into this 23rd psalm. This psalm is all about what it means to belong to God. And maybe you did. Maybe you memorized these verses as a young child. Maybe you've heard them over and over and over again throughout the years. Maybe you've sung some of these words before. But even with a a Scripture passage that is extremely familiar, even with something that, that is part of us, we know in our hearts, every time I study this psalm, every time I look at these words, I see something new. God reveals something new and profound to me every time I look at a passage that may be as familiar as the 23rd Psalm. There is something new in here for us this morning. So it starts with this great sheep and shepherding imagery, doesn't it? It's all over Scripture, but do you know where we see it the most? Do you know where the word shepherd is applied the most in Scripture? It's in the Old Testament, and it's actually in the prophets. So that when the kings and the priests and the leaders of God's people, when they're doing the right thing and they're leading God's people the right way, when their priorities are right, God, God calls them faithful shepherds. That the shepherds of the people were the leaders. The shepherds were the kings, they were the priests. And so when God has something critical to say of the kings or the leaders, when they themselves are going astray, or when the priests, when, when they're going astray, God calls them unfaithful shepherds. They are leading the people astray and they're supposed to be the shepherds. They're not following God as they're supposed to. People in power when they unjustly preyed upon people who were weak, they were unfaithful shepherds. So in ancient Israel and in any ancient country to say, the Lord is my shepherd, that was a statement about your ultimate Loyalty. It was a statement about who you would follow more than anybody else. And frankly, in those days, in, in ancient nations like that, to say that anybody other than the king was your shepherd might be a dangerous statement. Because kings always set themselves up as your ultimate leader. They themselves would even declare themselves to be divine, and so you had to follow your leader like you followed a god. You see this in the New Testament in several places, and we see it in early Christian literature, where to say Jesus is Lord was a confession of faith, but it was also a pretty dangerous statement to make if you lived in the Roman Empire, because no one was allowed to be Lord of your life more than Caesar. It was actually a kind of political statement. You could be put to death for saying that anybody was Lord above Caesar. That was a declaration of your earthly priorities. We see this in the New Testament. Do you remember what people were just shouting out to Pilate, shouting out as Pilate was questioning Jesus and questioning the people? Do you remember what they said? They said, we have no king but Caesar. We have no king but Caesar. They were making this choice in this statement about their loyalty. The Lord is my shepherd. Fast forward to our own day and time. And of course, our our system of governance and our system of politics and loyalties, those are all so different from how they were 2,000 years ago. They're so different. It's vastly different now than the Roman Empire and ancient Israel But this declaration of to whom you belong ultimately is just as important today as it was back then. The Lord is my shepherd. Therefore, all other people, all other groups, all other authorities, all other institutions, all politicians, everybody who wants my loyalty must be lower than the shepherd. They are not as important as the one true shepherd over my life. And I would say that there are so many shepherd impersonators out there vying for everybody's attention and their support and their loyalty. Jesus calls them hired hands because in the end, they do not care about you. They are not your shepherd. Only the Lord is. And then we discover in the rest of this psalm these words, that are so wonderful to describe what it means to belong ultimately to God. The next great line is, of course, I shall not want. I shall not want. The Hebrew word here is like our word for a void. For a void, if there's a void in your life, then there is a hole. There is something missing. You're not a whole person if there's a void and a hole that needs to be filled. I shall not want. Do you remember when you were a child and you were trying to justify some kind of purchase that you wanted your parents to make on your behalf? And you would always frame it in the, in the language, and the vocabulary, not of want, but I need. <laughs> you are familiar with that. It's so true. We usually phrase all of our rationale for what we want in the category, in the vocabulary of need. I need a new bike. I need a new phone. I need a new car. I need new golf clubs. I need that particular brand of clothing. All right, forget about being a child. Those are all things I've said in the last two months about things that I need. I need. I need. But let's be honest. Let's be honest. Most of our needs are really wants, aren't they? they really wants. We're trying to fill some void with new technology or something shiny or something new that will get us noticed. Something that we want for convenience sake, to make things faster or better. We want something. And yes, absolutely, cars will break down. Phones will break down. Things will, will break and you need a new one. But even then, you have a choice to make about what type, and then you get back into wants versus needs. This psalm declares... This psalm declares a a bright line for all of us between what we need, what we really need for this life, and, and what we want. There's a bright line in here, and it's saying that in the end, in truth, only God, only God can satisfy and provide what we really need. I love the rich symbolism here. We have image after image that follows that phrase, I shall not want, and then we get these beautiful images of what it means that God will satisfy our needs. Lying down in a green pasture is not about peace and tranquility and having a soft place to take a nap as if you're a sheep who needs to sleep. That's not what it's about. It's about having enough food. It's about having enough to eat and enough nourishment to keep you alive. A green pasture means having an abundance of what I really need in order to live. To be led by still waters means having a, a safe place to drink, enough to drink that's safe and reliable. Think about it for a sheep. If there's a rushing river or even a strong stream, that's dangerous because you could walk into it, you could trip, and you could, you could then be swept away down the current. Sheep want still waters. Is there anything more mystical than seeing a, a lake in the early morning that is as smooth as glass? That smooth water, it's refreshing, that it is life sustaining. God will lead you, this psalm says, in your life beside still waters, and you'll have enough of what you really need. To be led in the right path means that the shepherd is helping you avoid danger. We live in a dangerous world, and there are dangerous people, there are dangerous situations and the wrong path might lead you to a rocky place and predators hide behind the rocks and predators can be there waiting on you. And translators sometimes of the Hebrews say that right paths is also paths of righteousness. Maybe you memorized that version, paths of righteousness, because there is an ethical dimension to where these sheep are walking. The wrong path is full of traps, it's full of holes and you don't always know where you should step and how you should move. Sometimes sheep make poor decisions and they they wander away from that good path, like we all wander away from God through sin. All of these verses, all of these verses, when you look at them and add them up, they are speaking to something that is deep within the human soul, soul. Deep within each one of us is a desire for safety and for health, and for security. We long to have enough of the basic necessities. We long to be secure from danger. So for we modern-day sheep, we, we have alarms that we turn on in our house every night like I do. We insure ourselves against physical or financial loss. Some people carry weapons in order to defend themselves against attackers. We want our bodies to be safe and secure with good health. We know where we shouldn't go at certain times of night or even during the day. Think about every time you go shopping. Every time Christmas shopping rolls around, there are public service announcements to be aware of your surroundings and to watch and look all around you and to hold your keys in a certain way. But all of our security, all of our human security is limited and finite. This psalm declares that only God can provide that lasting security and comfort that you long for in your heart of hearts. Only God can provide that. To prove this point, the psalm is going to move from this sort of rich, beautiful imagery into a dangerous place very quickly. It's going to move from green pastures and still waters and right paths immediately into the valley of the shadow of death. It's a very dramatic shift in this psalm. And the, the psalmist is going to Praise God for all the goodness. And then acknowledge that we will nevertheless find ourselves in some very dark valleys. People in that culture would have understood how dangerous a valley was. A valley, of course, is is a low bowl area. And if you're in that low bowl and your enemy is all around you, throwing their spears down at you, you're going to be in a lot of danger. And in Hebrew, the word for darkness is almost ghoulish. A shade is an old-fashioned word for a ghost. And in the Old Testament, you'll see the word Sheol used many times. Sheol was the realm of the shades in ancient Israel, a place for the dead. In ancient Jewish belief, people didn't have the same understanding of of the afterlife that we do. For ancient Jewish belief, people died and then they went to exist in Sheol in a kind of shadow-like existence. It's them, but it's not really them. And the darkest valley, that valley of the shadow of death, is a very frightening place because death is close. It's close all around you and it comes over you like a shadow and you are so vulnerable to it. And there is no other human being who can walk through that valley with you. Nobody else after yesterday's memorial service for Ben Frolick, I was talking to one of his family members who came up after the service and who said, you know, everybody has to walk through that door alone. Nobody can go through it with you. And he was talking about death, talking about death. There's no way to mitigate your risk against death. Life insurance is one of the most ironically named products ever because there is no insurance against death you're the one who pays the premiums but the insurance is not for you it's for those that you leave behind there's no way to avoid walking through that valley of the shadow of death and this is where your faith becomes most personal and most real did you notice how the psalm makes a really interesting grammatical shift? Uh, in the from the first verses until this part in the first couple of verses God is described in the third person he makes me lie down he restores my soul he leads me but then when it comes to matters of life and death there is a shift to the second person you it becomes very personal in life and in death I will fear no evil because you are with me Your rod, your staff, they comfort me. You prepare, you anoint. In our world, you will hear people every day. You'll hear all kinds of abstract talk about God or whatever God is or what God may be in sort of that abstract, objective third person. If there is a God, He must do this or must be like that. Lots of conjecture all the time about God in our culture. But when does God become real and present? When you're walking through that dark valley. When you go through the darkest valleys. And there are people in our church there now. Maybe you're there in that dark valley. Maybe that is you. Something so painful or something so frightening. Something so deadly happening in your life. Death is close. And it feels like a shadow. And even in that place in the most frightening place where we find ourselves, the psalmist has courage. The psalmist has courage and not because of anything innate or or anything inside himself. The psalmist has courage on account of who God is. That God is the encourager. He doesn't fear that darkness because there is this gentle presence all around him, guiding him through that darkness like a shepherd's staff, just on the the, the flank or by the the legs of the sheep, just nudging him in the right direction, just nudging him and urging him forward through, through what he cannot see, but trusting that the shepherd has his best interest. That sheep can feel God's presence, can hear God's voice, can feel God getting him through to the other side. That is the beauty of this psalm. To talk about the most personal God to whom we belong. Who will move with us through all of the abundance and goodness of life. Who will provide everything we need. And then, and then in that crucial moment for every single one of us. When it feels like we are walking through the darkest valley. Even when we can't see a way forward with our own eyes. There is God gently and, and surely reassuring us and nudging us forward. Knowing that you belong to this God, knowing that this is the God to whom you belong, ought to do two things. One is to encourage you to know that, yes, in your everyday walk of life, you are surrounded by a God who will provide what you need. Maybe not what you want, but who will provide everything you truly need for a good life. The other thing is to inspire you. The other thing is to inspire you, knowing that this is your God and this is the God to whom you belong, ought to inspire you to do what the end of this psalm says, ought to inspire you to dwell in the house of the Lord forever, to be part of a worshiping community of faith. To come back, and and if this is the first time back in a year, welcome back. And if you haven't been back yet, nevertheless, to commit yourself to coming back, to engage and to to re-engage in this life of this community as this pandemic begins to subside. To come back to this worshiping community, to commit yourself and your family to being part of this church and all that that will entail. To take on a new ministry or a new place of service, a new role in this House of the Lord. The Lord is our shepherd. Belong, believe, and bless. Amen.
4: As we have indeed experienced the presence of God this morning in this place through song, through prayer, through silence, through his words read and proclaimed, we have an opportunity every Sunday to recommit ourselves to Jesus by affirming what we believe by reciting together the Apostles' Creed. So would you join me as we ground our life in the goodness of God You know, one of the great gifts of being a disciple of Jesus is we get to listen to him and we get to talk back. And so as we have listened to God, I invite you to join me now in a word of prayer as we share from our hearts. Heavenly Lord, we come to you, some of us with a heaviness some of us with joy at the goodness of this day. And on that wide spectrum, Lord, we know that you are doing more than just showing up. You're intimately involved and present in what we are going through. So Jesus, we lift to you all of the countries and our fellow sisters and brothers throughout the world who are struggling mightily with the COVID pandemic. We lift to you all who are feeling marginalized and hurt because of who they are and who you have created them to be. We lay at your feet your holy creation, which is growing in, groaning in expectation of your healing and deliverance. God, we give to you all leaders in industry and government in our nation, and we lay at your feet the divisions that run far deeper than just politics. We offer to you our heart that aches under the weight of all who are victims of violence in in and around our communities. We ask that you would be with community leaders in this wonderful area that we get to call home. And we ask, Lord, that your presence would fill the gaps that we have created. We ask that you would be with all civic leaders with our families and students and teachers and all educators who are working double time to create safe places for our students to grow into the people that you went to hell and back again to save and redeem and love. And Lord, we lift you this wonderful faith community that we call home and all of the faith communities in and around us We welcome you, Spirit, to continue to breathe your life into our hearts in this place where you have called us to grow and dwell. Let your Spirit allow us to flourish and nourish according to your will, that all that we do and say may bring you glory and share the love of God with our community. God, we lift to you all these prayers and the multitude unspoken with words that you taught us to pray, saying together, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and power and the glory forever. Amen. And now as we continue our worship, we have the incredible opportunity to worship God, not just in word, but in body and spirit with the totality of our lives. And one of the great ways that we get to do that is by giving of tithes and offerings to God. We do this out of obedience to scripture and also out of deep gratitude for all that God has done, is doing, and will continue to do in our lives. For those of you who are joining us, you see that the offering plates are at the doors as you enter and exit. And for those who are joining us a Family of Faith Abroad at the comfort of your homes or for wherever you find yourselves, you can easily go online to our website and give your tithes and offerings to Christ there. So let us now pray. God, we give to you these gifts as a portion of the bounty of love and gratitude that we have for you. Take and receive them for your glory. Amen.
5: key of love my shepherd is whose goodness falleth Some soul he leadeth, and where the verdant pastures grow with food celestial feedeth. In death's dark veil, I still, Thy cross before to guide. Me. As <laughs> fair.
4: God, we dedicate the totality of who we are to you this morning. We give you these tithes and offerings because we love you. Because we have looked back and forward over the course of our lives, and we cannot help but see your goodness chasing after us wherever we have gone. Your mercy hunting us down and giving us a place to rest and feel whole and loved again. God, we dedicate these gifts to you. Take and receive them from hearts that want to please you and use them for your glory. That all who come in contact with us here in this faith community may walk away saying, I met God today. This we pray in your holy name. Amen.
5: lead us, much we need thy tender care. In thy pleasant pressures feed us, for thy whose thy faults repair, Blessed Jesus. Blessed Jesus, blessed Jesus, who has loved us, love us still. Blessed Jesus,
0: Friends, we know the words of Scripture that tell us to keep alert, stand firm, be courageous and strong, and let everything you do be done in love. And so now we go out into this world to love and serve the Lord, and we go out to love and serve our neighbors as ourselves. As we go, friends, may the grace of Almighty God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit descend upon you and dwell in your heart and in your mind forever. Amen.